Hello, it's Dawn, and this is my podcast, Conversations. It's a variety show about real life stuff, and there's something on here for everybody. So if that sounds good to you, let's go. Welcome to another episode of Conversations. Today we have Heather. Hi, Heather. Hello. So Heather's on to talk about a multitude of um, topics because she does a lot. But I wanted to first ask you about how you got into the whole health background. Have you always been really healthy? Were you in sports all growing up and stuff? I played a lot of sports and I, I have been healthy. But the thing that got me into holistic health, I was diagnosed with a thyroid issue, hypothyroidism, when I was about 22. And I was talking to a doctor and he said, that I would always be on Synthroid. And he's like, there's no chance that you're ever going to be able to get off of it. You're, this is just what you're on for life. And I was like, surely this is, this is not the approach I want to take. So I started researching nutrition and different holistic modalities. And I was able to reverse um, my thyroid condition with nutrition and stress reduction techniques. But after six months, I went in for my blood tests and everything was normal. Wow. So it was really exciting to see how much taking care of your body and making your own choices and empowering yourself can make a change and you don't have to be on medication your whole life. A hundred percent. That's amazing. Did you ever start the Synthroid or did you just say, I'm going to try it on my own first before I start that? I'm a pretty contrary person. So I said, I'm going to do this on my own before I ever start <laughs> this and, and give that a try. And, and it got better. So I was really intrigued. Well, yeah, and such a young age to be told that you're going to be on medicine for the rest of your life. None of us want to be on medicine for the rest of our lives, let alone be told that when you're in your 20s. I didn't realize that that was something that could be reversed. How were you How were you eating prior to that, and then how did you change your eating after? I was probably eating that standard American diet. I didn't know any better. I had a lot of um, gluten in my diet. There was bad seed oils. Um not enough healthy kinds of fat and not enough nutrient rich foods. And I mean, that's what I see most kids having these days too. You can get by for a little bit on it, but as you get older, those things start to impact you. Yeah, they do. And I think it's so ironic that it, the acronym is sad for the standard mm -hmm. American diet. Yeah. That's so fitting. Um, yeah. Once you... I started changing my diet, I was putting um, more bone broth in there. I was definitely eating, eating healthier fats. That might not be the approach that everybody takes, but I added more um, grass-fed butter, healthy kinds of fish, um, more protein, but just more taking out the junk. So did you feel better immediately? Were you like, wow, something's happening? Probably after a few weeks. I think when most people take junk out of their diets, regardless of what diet they're on, they're going to feel better and they're going to get that rush of wow, this is amazing taking the junk out of your diet. But to really address more specific issues, it takes a little bit longer to see those resolve. So like I said, it took about six months to see uh, my thyroid start changing. I learned a ton that way. And then that led to going to massage therapy school. My undergrad is in health promotion and wellness. So I took a lot of kinesiology and exercise science courses. But that gave me a great foundation to go through massage therapy. And I've, I've had a blast in that industry. I've been doing it for 16 years and the opportunities for continuing education have been fantastic. And it's allowed me to dive deeper into fitness and nutrition, 
different exercise and stretching modalities. I've done lymphatic drainage, vagus nerve work. So it's just been um, a constant road of learning and changing and adapting and being able to help people out. That's amazing. Um, I do want to talk about the lymphatic system, but I want to go back to what you said, kinesiology. What is that? Kinesiology is just the studies of muscles and how they move and how they work. Oh, okay. I spent a lot. I spent a lot of time um, memorizing origins and insertions, nerve innervations, and actions of muscles for my kinesiology course. So you are a masseuse right now. Yes. And do you do all different kinds of massage, or do you do like only lymphatic, or what do you do? One of the things that's made a really big difference in my career is learning to look at how the systems of the body work together. So typically in a massage, people come in and they say, my neck hurts or whatever part of the body. And so a massage therapist will rub that area. They might stretch it um, and do some pressure point or deep tissue techniques in that area. And people will leave feeling great, but after a while that pain and tightness come back. So what I've done is taken a look at how all of those muscles work together but then even deeper, looking at how the systems of the body work together to help healing occur. My approach has evolved over 16 years, but instead of looking at all the symptoms that people experience, I, I want to look at the systems of the body and how all of that is working together. And what do you do? How do you, how do you figure that out? I look at people on a case-by-case -case basis, and obviously once I get to know them, I can address it more specifically. Right. But when I first meet somebody, I look at what their cells are doing because a lot of the time pain comes from inflammation. And so we don't want to just address the pain. We want to address that underlying inflammatory condition. So I start looking at how they're functioning at a cellular level. So in order for cells to be healthy, they need three major things. The first is the ability to get rid of waste and toxins. The second thing they need is the capacity to adapt to stress, because if a cell is stressed, it's not going to be able to heal properly. Mm -hmm. um, the third thing that people need are oxygen and nutrients. If the cells are overloaded with toxins, if they're not able to get rid of waste efficiently, and we're all going to have a degree of that because there are toxins everywhere. Right. Um, if we have all the waste and toxins within and around the cells, the nutrients that we need to be healthy can't get in to bring that nourishment. So that's where sickness, disease, inflammation, all those different health problems start taking place. So that's why I say it's important to look at healing from a systemic level rather than just looking at all the symptoms. Where it hurts might not be the cause. Yeah, so you're getting to the root cause of it. Okay, so how, how do you get yourselves healthy? Obviously avoiding toxins, but when you can't avoid all toxins, you just try your best to eliminate as many as you can? The The very first step to healing is clearing your detoxification and drainage pathways. So there's a little bit of difference between detoxification and drainage. Uh, your drainage pathways are how things get out of the body. So your colon, which is with bowel movements, your kidneys, which is urinating them out. Um, you're going to be sweating. You have um, the lymphatic system which is a drainage pathway. And then the glymphatic system is the central nervous system lymphatic drainage um, pathway. So I've never heard of that. Glymphatic? The glymphatic. Okay. Um, so the 
the body has the lymphatic system, but the central nervous system has the dedicated waste removal system. And it's most active at night. So that's why getting those solid eight hours of sleep is really important because that's when your that lymphatic system does a deep power wash for your brain. But you need it in that deep restorative sleep cycle. If you're only sleeping one to two hours at night, that lymphatic system can't kick in. Gosh, that's so interesting. And uh, I've done a lot of podcasts and um, the people that I talk to, they always go back to sleep, breath and sleep are huge. Yep. What, what do you do if you are not sleeping well? Like, how do you, do you have to address that first before anything else can come into play? Typically, yes. But sometimes um, that, that stress is keeping us awake, whether it's a physiological stress or um, the emotional stressors that we have, all the pressure from life, those things all keep us awake. But one thing I really like to do when people are struggling to sleep is go back to that lymphatic system because that is, that's the foundation of getting healthy is clearing the waste and toxins away from our cells. Yeah. And I have just recently been learning. I like, I'm addicted. I've gone out down a rabbit hole learning about the lymphatic system because I didn't really, I knew what it was. And I've seen, you know, TikTok videos where people are like, oh, you know, you can dry brush and all this stuff. But it plays a huge role in your immune system. I had no idea about that, which makes sense if it's helping detox and get rid of the junk that you know, helps your immune system work better. But can you explain more about the lymphatic system so people understand how important it is? Yeah. Let me give you one of my favorite analogies because I don't want to bog everybody down with bullet points. So imagine a beautiful aquarium that's filled with an incredible assortment of plants and coral and colorful fish. That water is crystal clear and it's continually infused with life-giving oxygen. So in that environment, life can thrive. But the pristine conditions within that tank are maintained by one thing, which is the filtration system. So this underlying network of pipes, filters, and pumps, it's not glamorous, but it's essential for maintaining the health of that aquarium. So it's going to filter out all the waste, debris, and toxic buildup so the aquarium can be full of life. But think about what happens if the pumps stop working and the filters get clogged. The water stagnates, it gets cloudy, you get that slimy green algae, and then your fish start getting sick because they're starved for oxygen and nutrients. So you can empty out the water, you can scrub everything in the tank, and you can put the fish back in. But if you don't fix the filtration system, uh, replace the filters, all of that, the aquarium is going to return to its sick, diseased state. So the lymphatic system is like that filtration system for us. And what's the best way to, to clean it out? Well, like you had mentioned earlier, obviously removing the toxic things first. So we want to make less for the body to process. So cleaning up your diet, changing the, the brands of chemicals and the different products you use in your home, your shampoos, your makeups, all of those things. So you reduce the toxic load on the body by um, what's coming from the outside. Right. But then you, that's where the lymphatic drainage and all these different resets come into play because you can start clearing out areas that have a high concentration of lymph nodes. You can clear out the lymphatic vessels and capillaries, and that's going to get everything flowing. What are lymph nodes and where are the lymph nodes? Well, the lymph nodes are going to filter out um, 
the waste debris and the toxic buildup, that's where you have lymphocytes come in and destroy bacteria and different germs that we encounter. So one of the coolest areas on the body is right behind the collarbone, right behind and below. And it's the subclavian vein. The subclavian vein is where your entire lymphatic system dumps into to go back to the heart. And from there, the lymph goes into the bloodstream and it's all filtered out. You want to clear areas that are closer to that collarbone first, or closer to the subclavian vein first, and then you work your way out because your fluid is going to flow to low pressure zones. So areas that have a high amount of pressure aren't going to be able to clear first. So it's like a traffic jam. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you want to get through that traffic jam, you can't push the cars at the back of the line because there's nowhere for them to go. You have to clear the blockage that's at the front first, and then everything can start flowing appropriately. So our lymphatic wor system works in a similar way. So we clear that area close to the collarbone. You clear your armpits, your chest, you, you trace the lymphatic drainage pathways, and then you open up those areas, um, the, open up the opportunity for areas further away to drain. The, the one tricky area is your head because if pressure from lymphatic fluid in the rest of your body is high, it's not going to let the stuff from your head drain. So that's why the lymphatic system, the system in your brain that clears waste, that's why it's the last one in the drainage pathways to clear because um, it has the highest amount of pressure. Is that where brain fog comes into play? Oh, huge. Yeah. Uh, when you're saying clearing it, is it dry brushing? Is it uh, massaging? How, how does somebody clear it? I like to teach people DIY techniques. So clearing the lymph nodes in the pathways that they drain. So you start by the collarbone, you work your way to the armpit, then you go through the chest, the abdomen, you go to the legs um, and down to the feet, and then you'll do the head at the end. And, and you start feeling, I, I've had a history of 16 years working on people and being familiar with tissues, but I can feel when those lymph nodes are really inflamed at, um, especially one, one place that gets backed up is under the chin. And you can feel like marbles under the, under the chin and jaw area if people are congested there. So everybody's going to be a little bit different in where they're backed up, but all of our lymphatic drainage pathways um, anatomically are the same unless people have had lymph nodes removed or a, a serious health condition that has limited that lymphatic flow. So what are the marbles? Is that fluid? Yeah, it's it's um, the lymph that gets backed up in those lymph nodes. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, you know, there's like a million, I looked on YouTube, there's a million videos of people um, showing you how to manipulate, you know, and massage the areas and stuff. But there's a lot of conflicting information. The way that you said it is the way I had seen a few videos, you know, start at the collarbone and, and, um, but not everybody says it the same way. So I think, does it matter if, is there a wrong way or is it going to clear it no matter what? It's just best to start at the collarbone. Well, some of the confusion comes, I think, um, when people are just doing it for wellness reasons versus a specific medical condition. And those are two very different paths of training sure. that people take. So if somebody's had cancer, if they've had their lymph nodes removed, if, if they're having cardiac issues that are leading to that swelling, that's going to be a totally different path. Um, 
For instance, if somebody has cardiac issues causing the swelling, you don't want to do lymphatic drainage on that because the heart is already overworked and you need to get a proper diagnosis and proper medical treatment to deal with that path. Um, if somebody's had cancer, lymph node removal, you really want to go to a specialized um, manual lymphatic drainage therapist to work that out. For general, for general health, just tracing your lymphatic pathways, that's going to be really advantageous. It's an easy thing for somebody to do, but no, a lot of dry brushing techniques are going to teach you to like brush from your fingertips inward or from mm -hmm. your feet upward. But like that traffic jam analogy, if you have fluid that's not moving, whether it's in the abdomen or in the chest, you can't get your legs to drain very efficiently. So that's the, that's the beauty of all of this. You just trace those pathways and you start getting your lymphatic system healthier. And it, over time, it will reach all those lymph nodes and vessels and capillaries that are farther away. Yeah. Gosh. And I heard too, that like the circulatory system has the heart to help pump every, you know, all your blood and everything through your body. Whereas the lymphatic system doesn't, it relies on movement. So mm -hmm. they say, you know, you got to move, you got to move to keep that fluid going. And it's, it could be even something as simple as just being on, um, Oh, what do they call those? A rebounder or whatever mm -hmm. those jump up and down trampoline, mini trampolines or, I even saw that there's vibrating tables that you stand on and yep. they make your body shake. <laughs> yeah. Which would be my way of doing it, the lazy <laughs> way. <laughs> but that's so interesting that it needs our help. The one thing that I found being a manual therapist, sometimes that rebounding and the exercise and stretching, all of that is great, but sometimes it doesn't address specific areas that are congested. So like I was talking about under the chin, I find so many people are really congested there and rebounding and exercise really aren't going to get that area to open up, um, especially on kids. And I don't know if it's from being on cell phones and computers all the time or bad head position at night, like propping your head up on pillows at unnatural angles. But I find a lot of kids are really congested under there. And one of the only ways it improves is through that gentle manual touch to get lymph flowing. Um, one of the other things you can do is moving your tongue a lot because that's going to help drain um, lymph nodes around your neck and your throat. But mm. there are some areas that just need that extra TLC. Once you get them open, then you're dry brushing, you're rebounding, you're exercising, you're stretching is going to be able to be a lot more effective. How do you know if they're open? You can get a feel for it. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the, the best thing, I know we're just talking right now, but if somebody would look up um, images where there are high concentrations of lymph nodes, just, just look at that and very gently rub on yourself. So there's a lot of lymph nodes in the head and neck. There's a huge one behind the earlobe. You have a lot in your abdomen. Some of those are deeper. But in, in your groin, in your armpits, in between your ribs, once you get familiar with those areas, you can start, you can start to feel if they're inflamed or not, or even if you've eaten a poor diet, sometimes that will show up and you can see it. A little bit of a change of topic. After I had my COVID booster, my left armpit 
was so full of fluid it looked like it was just so inflamed and it freaked me out it took forever for that to go away and i know you you mentioned um that you deal with long covid what is long covid first of all that reaction that you had was super common i don't know if you if, if you met a lot of people with it but i maybe it's because of what i do but i met a ton of people who had that reaction and they all got pretty scared initially yeah. until yeah. it went down. How it long was, did it, it take was... for yours to go down? Oh my. Um, you know, it probably took about two months, but I also was, uh, I'm a hairstylist. I was also doing hair at the time. And I think having my arms raised and stuff, I don't know if it's true, but it seemed like that helped from having my hands up, you know, doing, mm -hmm. um, that it seemed to help from that fluid just sitting there because my arms were constantly moving. Mm -hmm. uh, it was frightening. It definitely made me freak out. And I was thinking if they have more boosters, I'm not sure. This is controversial, people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if there's, you know, more boosters, I'm not sure if I'm willing to do that again because it scared me. I thought, I don't know that I'm comfortable with side effects like that. Of course, I didn't want to get COVID, but I did get it. I, mm -hmm. you know, I caught, I was wearing my masks. I was doing the things and I still got it and it you know, was like being really sick, but I got over it. Thank God. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are not that lucky, but it's like you choose your battles, you know, do you take the risk of getting an injection that could potentially make you have terrible side effects or even sicker? I don't know. Such a controversial thing, but. Oh, I know. I didn't, I didn't ever intend to get into anything with COVID, but in the midst of all this, I was like, oh good. I just ended up in the middle of a political and medical controversy. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am. Um, I think, I think I was dealing with long COVID before it ever became a thing. Um, for me, I live in Florida and I think some of the cases we started seeing them in November start coming in. Nobody knew what it was. And then yeah. people were feeling exceptionally lousy after having this. So I was already working on people before long COVID was a thing. And like, like you had talked about, the lymphatic system and immune system are intimately connected. One of the things they both work with is inflammation. And COVID and the vaccine were massively inflammatory. So I already had a skill set in place to deal with inflammation and clearing it out. We have a lot of lymph nodes by those joints. So one of the side effects of uh, long COVID and the, the boosters and vaccines were achy muscles and joints that lasted for a really long time. So if you can get the lymph nodes cleared out and all the fluid moving, it helps people recover a lot quicker. Uh, that brain fog was a huge symptom. So clearing the, the pathways to drain the brain and, and the head and neck, that was huge. Some people have, and I don't ever claim to be a therapist that gives quick results or any of that, but sure. some people were feeling better within one to two sessions, like 90 to 100% better. Um, headaches were a huge side effect of long COVID. And with the lymphatic drainage, it it just knocked those things out really quickly. I was shocked. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. That's fascinating. I, I had no idea that they were related at all. So finding that out really does make 
me want to focus on my lymphatic system because if it helps me um, shorten the duration of an illness or possibly not get it at all, yes, please. Mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be sick. I don't want to be, you know, in bed. And, um, and okay, so the lymphatic system is very close to the surface of the skin, right? So you don't have to like get in there and dig. You can just do a gentle massage and that's enough, correct? Yes. Um, sometimes even that feather light touch one of the areas where people go wrong is that they try to do too much or they're used to a deep tissue massage and they press so hard and that's bypassing so much of your lymphatic system because it's right beneath the surface of your skin. Some of them are deeper, like you have gut associated lymphatic tissue that's all in your abdomen. So that's a little bit deeper. Um, the two main ducts that drain your lymphatic system, those are deeper but so much is right underneath your skin. Uh, it's actually one of the easiest sessions I do pressure wise. Uh, and people are like, are you sure you're being effective? <laughs> because everybody's used to deep tissue and harder is better. But yeah, lymphatic no pain, work. No gain. Yeah, exactly. Lymphatic work is really, really gentle. How long would a session take for somebody to do it at home? Um, to go over all the points where they, you know, the collarbone, start of the collarbone. How long do you think you should focus on doing it? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Everybody's going to be different on this because um, we all have different levels of toxicity in our body and, and our bodies are going to process waste differently. So the way you judge that is by the detoxification reaction that occurs. So somebody might do one area and feel like, crap afterwards, or somebody could go through a whole lymphatic drainage session and feel great. So um, some of the detoxification reactions, you could have temporary dizziness or nausea, uh, headache, shaking or fever, increased anxiety, uh, tiredness, fatigue, or your body feels heavy. Your symptoms might get worse before they get better, or you just might feel fluish, feeling crappy. Um, if you feel any of those things, just stop. It's going to take your body maybe 24 to 48 hours to process it. So give it time. This There's there's not a specific path for everybody that needs to be the same. Everybody's different. We're going to process um, whatever waste and toxins differently. Um, so give it time. Just make sure you stay hydrated. And some people might go through a full session and feel like absolute garbage after, and it just means there was too much. So healing, healing is a process. It's not this event. So I like lymphatic work. That's why I like teaching people how to do it on their own, because I could go in for a session and have a person feel like garbage five minutes in. But if I can empower people with the, with the right tools, they can do it at their own pace on their own time and really make a huge difference. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that. It's a process. It's not instant instant for people. You, you have to listen to your body and see how mm -hmm. it responds before you keep going. Yeah. And sometimes lymphatic work will, will knock you on your butt and it means there's too much that's been done. But until you learn how your body responds, you might get a more intense reaction. So just lay off. Like this is very person specific. And does the whole anti-inflammatory diet come into play with the lymphatic system too then? Are you trying to eat foods that are very low on that scale of inflammation? Oh, for sure. 
Um, the one thing I do want to clarify in that, though, is what's inflammatory to one person may not be inflammatory to somebody else and vice versa. Um, yeah. So just making sure not that you're following an anti-inflammatory diet in a recipe book or on a thing you found on Pinterest, but that you've really found the foods that work or do not work for you. Uh, um, for instance, I had a client and she was having horrible headaches and, and migraines uh, near crippling. And she tried everything and eliminating all the typical foods that you would. And it turns out she was allergic to black beans. Oh and she's gosh. Cuban. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You would never think something that no. she probably grew up eating her whole life. Right. And so, um, I mean, some people would recommend that on certain diets, but it was very specific to her. Once she took those out, she didn't have a headache or migraine again, unless she ate a black bean. Oh my gosh. Have so, you ever done like a food sensitivity test, you know, where you can send it in and you have somebody send you the results? Have you ever done that? I have that? not done that. I haven't either. I've heard mixed reviews on it, you know, where some mm -hmm. people are like, oh, it says I shouldn't be eating this, but I eat it all the time and I never have any bad side effects from it. So I'm in, I don't know. I don't know if I'd send in and find out because it might say I can't have wine anymore. <laughs> Wait, I, <don't> what? <laughs> I tend to look at those like food sensitivities are also symptoms. And so is there, because you'll get somebody in 90% of the things on the list, it turns out they're allergic to. And that shows me there's something deeper going on, a gut health issue that needs to be addressed. Um, histamine, something like something is out of balance that's deeper. We shouldn't be intolerant to all of those foods because some of those list have, lists have very healthy foods on them. So if, if people are doing those tests and coming back with so many food sensitivities and allergies, something else is going on. Because, sure. I mean, if you look at all the dietary advice and all the advice from those tests, at the end of the day, if you followed those, you wouldn't be eating anything. And sometimes you wouldn't even be drinking water because they find problems with that. There's something deeper going on if people are, are sensitive to tons and tons of stuff. Wow. Uh, so what's next for you? Do you have aspirations to learn more, get more schooling? What do, what do you have planned? It's a really good question. <laughs> I, I love continuing education. I don't have all the fancy letters behind my name. I'm not a, a doctor and I don't even have my master's degree, but the amount of time I've put into continuing education would be the equivalent. I've taken so many different courses in the massage and fitness worlds. And I do a lot of functional medicine courses, even though I'm not, I'm not a physician or any of that. I think I, I would like to pursue a master's degree, at least to start out and see where it goes. But sometimes I feel like those programs can be limited. Like there are so many fringe topics that I like to study and cutting edge things. Like we're just getting into the lymphatic system. We're just finding out about vagus nerve things and how all of that works together. So I would, I would love to study all of that more in depth, yeah. but my, my best education comes from working on people. Cause that brings up so many different questions and every person is different. Every, every case is different. And so that's what's so much fun about my job is I get to explore that on a daily basis. Right. Like that's your education. Every case by case. Right. And I different. get more questions every day that I get to seek out answers to. And some of that is not in a curriculum. It's just experiential. Yeah. There's a ton of education. I'm always going to be learning. 
I love that. You should always learn. I mean, once you stop learning, you stop living. In my opinion, you should always mm -hmm. be learning. Um, COVID, no COVID threw everybody for a loop, but, and I never intended to really specialize in that, but I think uh, COVID long haulers and it, it's an area that's being ignored because so many doctors are denying the symptoms or they're saying, oh, this is all in your head, but it's a very real thing that people are experiencing. And I do have a skill set that helps people. So I, as, as, research comes out i would like to pursue that oh, and help people specifically in that area well you seem well you are extremely well informed i i have learned so much in this episode like way more than i was thinking i would so <laughs> thank you so much for that the way that you articulate it is perfect um, well thank you sure so how can people find you if they want to um, learn more about you and what you do my website is defyyourlimits.com and um, I have quite a few things up there. I'm I'm working on getting better at posting on social media. I haven't I haven't mastered that yet. Um, I have a <laughs> newborn and a toddler, so oh my gosh, there's, there's not a whole lot of time to post on social media. But the the best stuff is on my website. I have um, a free lymphatic drainage tutorial that goes over a reset for the head and neck. If people are interested in finding that out, I love it. I I do it on a daily basis. It helps me a lot. Okay. Is it a video? Oh yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I will. I'm going to go do, watch it right after, right have, after we're done. I with have this. two paths that people could sign up on. One is a COVID specific path and one is just general health, but they're actually the same video. So I'll save, I'll save your listeners time, <laughs> <laughs> but, but if they have COVID, if, if they've had COVID sign up for that one, cause there's different information that comes out, but just to be upfront, the videos are the same. Oh, that's good to know. Heather, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time. I honestly, this was so eye-opening. I loved it. I loved it. And I might have you back on actually. <laughs> well, I love so. it. Thank you so much for your time and giving me an opportunity to speak. Of course. Well, you take care and I will be in touch. Awesome. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.